Welcome to day 117 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. I'm Paul Camp here with David Keefe, Matthew Kresge, and Katie Kresge. Uh, we're continuing our journey through uh, the book of Judges. Uh, we've just read the story of Gideon, who is one of the more familiar judges. Now we turn to the story of Samson. And of course, there's a lot that you will remember about Samson, but as we read the story again, every time we read it, we're reminded of what an unlikely you know hero he really is uh, we see in him a man who is very self-willed we see a man who is uh, prone to seek his best rather than the best of of the nation to abuse the power that you know god has given him and yet god uses him uh, you know to deliver israel and he in a sense becomes a, a picture of israel even though uh God has purpose to use the nation of Israel. Israel becomes very unlikely representative of God's power and of God's grace. But he continues uh, to fulfill his promises through him. So we turn to the early part, and we're going to leave you hanging, as we often do in these podcasts. We'll start with the birth of Samson today and pick up uh, with his life next week as we bring our time in Judges uh, to a conclusion. So we go to Judges chapter 13. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you that, uh, as Paul said, that uh, every bit of it is your breath in it, uh, that you have given us your word in order uh, to give us a vision of your heart and of your character, uh, to give us a reflection of ourself, a reflection of your grace. And as we come to your word, we pray, Father, that uh, you would give us eyes to see the things that you would have us to see, and, Father, to respond to you with hearts uh, that are willing to follow you in all we do. Thank you for your great love for us in Christ Jesus. And uh, may we see Christ in all of Scripture. Amen. Judges chapter 13. Again, the Israelite did evil in the sight of the Lord. And, of course, we've heard that phrase several times. I just did a quick kind of fuzzy search on it. It happens to appear seven times in the book of Judges. And, of course, that's a significant number all the way through. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Certain men of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was childless and able to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you're barren and childless, but you're going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean. You'll become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Then the woman went to her husband and told him, A man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God. Very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, You'll become pregnant and have a son. Now then drink no wine or other fermented drink, and do not eat anything unclean, because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from the womb until the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I, I beg you to let the man of God you sent to us come again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. God heard Manoah. And the angel of God came again to the woman while she was out in the field, but her husband Manoah was not with her. The woman hurried to tell her husband, He's here, the man who appeared to me the other day. Manoah got up and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said, Are are you the man who talked to my wife? I am, he said. So Manoah asked him, When your words are fulfilled, what is to be the rule that governs this boy's life and work? The angel of the Lord answered, Your wife must do all that I have told her. 
She must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, nor drink any wine or other fermented drink, nor eat anything unclean. She must do everything I've commanded her. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, We would like you to stay until we prepare a young goat for you. The angel of the Lord replied, Even though you detain me, I will not eat any of your food, but if you prepare a burnt offering, offer it to the Lord. Manoah did not realize that it was the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah inquired of the angel of the Lord, What is your name, so that we may honor you when your words come true? He replied, Why do you ask my name? It's beyond understanding. Then Manoah took a young goat together with a grain offering and sacrificed it on the rock to the Lord. And the Lord did an amazing thing while Manoah and his wife watched. As the flame blazed up from the altar toward heaven, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame. Seeing this, Manoah and his wife fell on their faces to the ground. When the angel of the Lord did not show himself again to Manoah and his wife, Manoah realized that it was the angel of the Lord. We are doomed to die, said his wife. We have seen God. But his wife answered, if the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering from our hands, nor shown us all these things, nor told us this. The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was in Manaya, Dan, between Zorah and Eshtel. And so we have another appearance, you know, of the angel of the Lord, and it's uh, always, you know, very, uh, <clears throat> always a, an appearance that is very bewildering to those who see it. In one instance, it's a man of God, in another instance, an angel of God, and in another instance, you know, the words of the Lord himself, you know, speaking through, and it kind of reminds us, you know, of the resurrection appearance of Jesus. You know, they, they recognized him, but it was more than, uh, there was much more to what they were seeing in him you know, than they had ever seen before. And uh, so you have uh, the birth of Samson, obviously one of the more powerful and one of uh, uh, one of the agents of God that was used most, you know, powerfully against the Philistines, which would be, you know, the major oppressors of Israel all the way up through the time of David. Uh, and you, you see this, and yet you, you see Samson, or we will see Samson, uh, just like Israel, fall further and further, you know, from the Lord. And we talked about the judges cycle quite a bit, and this is one of those those times where when we get to verse or chapter thirteen, all of a sudden the judges cycles interrupted. It doesn't come as you know naturally in the first couple of sentences mm-hmm. like it has previously, and even you know we we had to skip over it. But in chapter ten, you know the last time we hear Israel crying out to the Lord, he actually tells them in chapter ten verse fourteen, "Go and cry out to the gods you've chosen." You know, and then he will deliver Israel once once again. You know, but but from that point on, you you just kind of hear in passing these lists of judges really quickly, and then it gets to Samson, and, and the the note we get is the Lord delivers them hand, into the hands of the Philistines for forty years, and there's no more crying out yet. But the Lord is doing something to rescue His yeah. people. And the consistency is obviously in the phrase Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah. Uh, but uh, where it's beginning to tail off is they're no longer even turning to him, even mm-hmm. even in their desperation. Yeah. But the Lord is continuing to deliver and continuing to be faithful to his uh, promises. And just another instance of people coming in contact with the presence of the Lord and um, being completely terrified. And this um, is so that that instance is so similar 
to was it Gideon's when the angel leaves and they he needs to be comforted and so do the mom and dad here needing to be or mostly the dad <laughs> needing to be comforted Comple- completely the dad mom, <laughs> doomed. Yeah. mom is okay with this she's the one actually I, providing I, the comfort. i can i can talk to god yeah, yeah. and it's uh, you know and, and, and it's okay and, I, and obviously it's a strong sense of logic there of course, he's not going to kill us. He just tells us we're going to have a son. He just tells <laughs> yes. us how to bring up the son. Right. I think, you know, I think we're kind of safe. safe here. Were you <laughs> listening? Yeah. <laughs> we are doomed to die. Yeah, yeah. but both of both of them um, in those in those instances feel like they're they're going to die because they have seen the Lord. And well, you know, and, and it's, a, you know, it's a reaction that we often downplay, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the very same reaction, you know, that uh, Peter had, you know, after the catch of miraculous fish, mm-hmm. he looked at the Lord and said, depart from me for I'm, I'm a sinful man. And of course, when we as sinful people uh, living in the world we live in, we, we, we kind of get used to, you know, the textures of sin and our inconsistencies and we compare ourselves with each other but when we have a vision of who god is and what he has called us to be uh it brings about a strong visceral reaction mm-hmm. and, and of course it is mixed with this awe and fear you know of the lord and of course there's another you know another image that is a big part of this that god working through barrenness in order to bring about his his plan and his purposes and so we've had this you know with a you know with sarah uh we also had it you know with uh uh you know isaac uh we also or um, we had it with sarah isaac and rebecca, rebecca. thank you so much <laughs> and uh you know it's it's a picture that's you know it's been repeated and of course the ultimate expression of that will be in mary who mm-hmm. gives birth apart from you know, a natural union, you know, with, with, with a husband, but God bringing fruitfulness mm-hmm. in unfruitful places. Mm-hmm. And so that is a big part of this picture, you know, as well. Yeah, I couldn't help but be reminded of, of Mary and, and Joseph and the miraculous birth of Christ. She says we see the kind of miraculous birth here of Samson and it says of Samson, you know, in, in the end of verse 5 that, you know, he will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of of the Philistines and, and, and he does and it's used in this small way but now even the greater deliverer coming in Christ Jesus who doesn't just deliver us from the hands of the Philistines but delivers us from so much more yeah. um, not from a temporary yeah. oppression but to an eternal oppression not to a, uh, you know outward realities but inward realities as well I get the feel of, of y'all y'all felt Jesus's birth I totally was reminded of John the Baptist's birth and just the foretelling of that because um, there's, in both instances, they're not supposed to take fermented drink, right? John, or John's not supposed to. Am I I right, y'all? Yeah, John came neither neither eating or drinking, but the Son of Man came eating and drinking. Right, so there's this, almost like this consecration that is taking place, like God is anointing this person, this child that is to be born to do this work. and it's coming from barrenness, which is pretty cool. I love that. Yeah. yeah, this section, you know, along with what y'all were talking about with the birth of Jesus and really God coming to dwell with man, and we see it here where uh, you, know, you have to love these passages in Scripture where the angel of the Lord shows up, and then it's not we have seen the angel of the Lord, it's we have seen God himself. You know, it's this, this appearance. Uh, whatever they see in that moment, they recognize that God has come. It's that immediate sense of, of fear and dread that we've entered into the holy, and you were mentioning a minute ago, Paul, that 
we typically have the other side like oh if god showed up today i'd be buddies with him like he'd watch netflix with us you know like we would just there's that's i mean a little tongue-in-cheek but we we are so comfortable was that a little tongue-in-cheek yeah. tongue it cheek. makes me think of there's a quote from uh, dietrich bonhoeffer i read recently and he's talking about since we're in the advent season um he says we have become so accustomed to the idea coming out of the advent season we've become so accustomed to the idea of divine love and of god's coming at christmas we no longer feel the shiver of fear that god's coming should arouse in us we are indifferent to the message taking only the pleasant and agreeable out of it and forgetting the serious aspect that the god of the world draws near to the people of our little earth and lays claim to us the coming of god is truly not only glad tidings but first of all frightening news for everyone who has a conscience Mm. and once we understand that we understand the good news of god drawing near when you you know you go through the Old Testament, you talk about you know the day of the Lord, the great and terrible day of the Lord, great in its blessing, terrible in yeah. its you know revelation of His holiness and of you know the depth you know the depth of our sin, and uh, there there should you know the obviously you know perfect love you know cast out this this fear of punishment you know that we would have, but there would still be the sense of overwhelming you know awe at who God is and and His holiness. In, in contrast, you know, to our sinful character. And, of course, you have to love, you know, whenever Manoah, and by the way, the, the wife is the central character, you know, in this, or the, the angel of the Lord is the central character in this, but she, she's never named. Uh, you know, you have to like Manoah says, uh, tell us your name so we can honor you by name, you know, when this happens. And he said, why in the world would you ask my name? It would blow your mind <laughs> if I told you who I, you know, who I was. And, and of course, this is just an angel speaking, much less <laughs> what knowing fully the name of the Lord would you know would mean to us uh, as well. So it's a very you know it's a very powerful image all, all the way, all the way through. And and of course, you do love the you know the Nazarite vow. Nothing nothing impure. Nothing uh, you know that uh, would distract. Uh, you know, it, it is a part of, part of this as well. Heavenly Father, thanks for your presence, for your word. Thank you for your call to our life. Thank you, Father, that uh, you out of barrenness bring uh, you know, bring new birth. And Father, we thank you for the new birth we have in, in, in Christ Jesus, even though we were dead in our transgressions and sin. Father, we thank you uh, when we read your word and see a glimpse of who you are that your name is too mysterious for us to know or even recount, and yet you have made your dwelling among us. Uh, we we can know you, even though you are unknowable in so many ways. Thank you for both your eminence, your nearness to us, and your transcendence that you are so high above us. And may we be captured uh, with both the privilege of knowing you and with the awe of everything you are. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.